0: in partnerships with lots of other organisms that share our body.
1: So before we plunge into that fascinating book, which can be yours, by the way, for a pledge of $60 or more during the show
2: and this morning, we've got a couple science calendar items. Update on the search for a Zika vaccine. Finally, there are two vaccines, both based on DNA methods, which are showing signs of controlling the virus. Both of the vaccines consist of the DNA sequence of a gene from the virus. When the vaccine is administered, that DNA is taken up by the cells of the person receiving it, and the viral protein is produced within these cells. Then the cell recognizes it as a foreign protein, chops it up, and displays it in a special receptor protein on the cell surface as if to say, wow, look what I found. And the immune system cells that are constantly roaming the body look for these special displays. They recognize them and start mounting an effective campaign against both the affected cells and the viruses in the system. The researchers found that a single dose of that vaccine was not enough to generate immunity, but two successive doses were. This research was published last week in the journal Science.
3: Can a flower still be a flower if it never blooms? Scientists are scratching their heads over this one after discovering a plant on the subtropical subtropical Japanese island of Kuroshima. The plant, now labeled Gastrodia kuroshimensis, happens to be mycoheterotropic, meaning it does not use photosynthesis to derive energy, but rather depends on a host of fungus to provide it nutrients. But to add weird on top of weird, it is also... Cleistogamous, meaning that it produces flowers that never bloom. Instead of relying on pollinators to mix genetic material, the reproductive process happens entirely inside the closed bud in a self-pollinating manner. There are many other cleistogamous species out there, but most others also produce cross-pollinating blooming flowers as well, with the self-pollinating strategy left as a kind of last resort in case pollinators like bees can't be depended on. However, the species such as G. kuroshimin have mystified botanists since the time of Darwin because they're strictly self pollinating. The discovery of this new fungus dependent never bloomer will offer a new opportunity to study such rare species and their evolutionary processes, but maybe all those other late bloomers might not feel so bad anymore. This research was published on October 14th in the journal Phytotaxa.
2: And locally, the weekly live talk, Colorado Skies at Fisk Planetarium, covers current topics in astronomy and space and includes a look at what's up in the sky. This week's talk is on the search for life in the universe. The show starts at 7 p.m. Thursday, October 20th. See the Fisk Planetarium website for de- details. Then on Saturday, October 22nd, there are two other shows at the Fisk Planetarium. The first is at 2.30. It's a full-dome show called Habitat Earth, which will take you below the ocean's surface to explore the dynamic relationships found in deep ocean ecosystems. Then at 9 p.m., is the show Black Holes, the Other Side of Infinity.
3: So coming up, we're going to have some clips from the interview that Susan did with Ed Young. But I also want to shout out that if you want to pledge in today, we've got a matching goal for $500. So that means the first $500 is going to be matched. That means we get double the money. So if you want to come in, you know, come come give us a call. You want to say that you like How on Earth, you like KJNU, you're supporting this. You can call us at 303-449-4885. We've got lots of great books that you can get, uh, different pledges, and and one of those books... As we said, is I contain multitudes. Now, Susan, I was intrigued by the opening teaser from Ed Young. We are, in fact, living in partnership with other organisms that share our body. It makes
2: me think of how at KGNU here and also on this show, How on Earth, we are living and growing in partnership with you, our listeners. And we couldn't survive without all of the members. So we'd like our renewing members and new members as well to call and show your support and get a copy of this book. Our marquee book for the show today, I Contain Multitudes, can be yours if you pledge for $60 a year or more. Please call during this show and help us get that matching grant of $500, 303-449-4885. So Susan, tell us a little bit about that book. So I want to first say that you listeners,
1: I consider in a very, very symbiotic relationship with us. Some of those microbes are more symbiotic. Some of them are more parasitic. We can't live without them. We literally cannot live without you. Thank you so much for your support. So this book, I Contain Multitudes, it's this fascinating book about the still young but really exploding field of scientific study about our human relationships with the 4 trillion, yes, they estimate 4 trillion, microbes in and on each of our bodies. And not just humans, but it's about all kinds of species. It's really fascinating. And it's about how we couldn't live without them, these invisible creatures, as well as about how their biodiversity is as important to our health as plant and animal diversity is to ecosystems in the natural world. And the book also includes stories and studies about all kinds of non-human species, like the zebrafish and the Hawaii bobtail squid, that's a really bizarre one, who have their microbes to thank for their own survival. So in the first clip, Ed Young talks about why this diversity is so important and how we and other species have co-evolved with these mighty creatures
0: it's important to remember that the microbiome, like any ecosystem, like a forest or like a coral reef, has resilience to it. It can absorb a certain number of knocks before it becomes permanently dented. And the same is true for, um, for the communities of microbes that live inside us.
1: And I'm fascinated with the co-evolutionary aspects of this, of our relationship. I mean, why... As you say in the book, sort of, why do we rely on bacterial cues for our own existence, for instance, to make chemical signals and all sorts of things that we apparently depend on them to do?
0: Yeah, it seems weird, doesn't it, that we should rely on bacteria in order to do really fundamental things like build our bodies and train our immune systems. But I think that's looking at it the wrong way. I mm. think we have to remember that humans and other animals evolved in a world that was already dominated by and full of bacteria. So why have we outsourced parts of our lives to them? We had absolutely no choice in the matter. It was almost inevitable. They were already there in the world, and it just made sense for us to respond to their cues, to use their presence and the molecules they produced in order to shape our very lives. We didn't come into existence in a vacuum disconnected from the rest of the world we were Hmm. deeply enmeshed in the world right from the start and that world was a microbial one
1: in fact it seems we should i don't know sort of alter our semantics as well as our psychological and perhaps even spiritual understanding of i i am we right and always was
0: very much so um Pronouns were a difficult thing when writing this book uh, because clearly any definition of an individual, any concept of I or the self takes a bit of a hammering when you consider microbes in the picture. You could think about an anatomical definition where like me is everything in my own body and yet my own body is largely composed of cells that aren't to do with me. You can maybe take a genomic definition where I am everything that carries my DNA And yet those same microbes have their own genes, which make important contributions to my life. Um, So every definition we can think of through which we separate ourselves as individuals from the rest of the world is actually deeply complicated by the presence of these microbes that so intimately affect our lives.
1: So that was Ed Young discussing his book, I Contain Multitudes, The Microbes Within Us and A Grander View of Life. And I can say that reading the book and talking with the author, Ed Young, has given me a grander view of life. And it's also given me more reason to pause and on some level, more confusion about who this thing called me really is. Which, as you listeners know, Alan Watts talks about pretty much every week after our show. And as Young notes, um, we're surely not alone, not autonomous either, for better or for worse.
2: Yes, yeah, so many interesting topics in this book. I've just been reading it, and you can too, for pledging on our program or later on during the pledge drive. I especially was struck by the idea that each one of us is really an ecosystem, getting back to this topic of who I am. And in that context, disease and health both are really aspects of how all of our critters, including our own cells, are getting along. So we appreciate how you listeners our supporters get along with the radio station community. If you can call now and pledge at least $60 to KGNU, you can have Ed Young's book, 303-449-4885. Or if you're interested in forensics and some amazing Colorado cases, including the John Bonet Ramsey story, call now and pledge at least $60 to KGNU, and you can have a recent publication by University of Colorado professors Jane Bach and David Norris called Forensic Plant Science. I'll interview them on this show later in a few weeks. Call
3: 303-449-4885 to pledge for this book also. These books really exemplify, you know, what kind of How on Earth does. We've got local science. We've got international science. We're covering all different topics having, happening all over the world. And we're, we're, you know, local people right here. We're volunteers. The KGNU, the staff, the How on Earth staff are all just from this community. We want to be part of something. We're building an ecosystem right here. Join our ecosystem. And, in fact, because of it, our microbes are more common. They probably overlap Got a little mingling going on there right (laughs) you know kind of like helping us all think in the same line 303-449-4885 get your book i contain multitudes or forensic plant science what are you into what do you want to learn about come join this community come join this conversation on knowledge this is a back and forth conversation that we're creating here in community radio
2: and to further exemplify the idea of ecosystems the community cycle volunteers are here volunteering In this pledge drive, they're doing double duty, and you too can do double duty by pledging to support us. Because if you call during our show, we can get matching funds up to $500, 303-449-4885
3: and this is a really a good chance you know we we don't really often get to hear from our audience on how on earth you know this is your way of showing that you're listening that you're out there that you love our show that you love what's happening the conversations that we're having and if you you know you can you've got different options for pledging you can pledge any amount of money five dollars ten dollars twenty dollars you can become a renewing member you can become a solar member which means you know a little bit is taken out of your bank account every month and that way it doesn't seem like a big amount but you can still get that sixty dollar book you know. if you just pay $5 a month sort of thing. So check that out. There's lots of options there for you.
1: I want to stress, too, that any amount we so appreciate. And one builds on the other, just like these tiny microbes. And um, we also really enjoy getting reader or listener support as to ideas. Some of the shows that we've had, whether they're neuroscience, whether they're environmental toxicology, drinking water issues, whether they're these around the gut microbiome, Uh, several of the ideas come from you. So thank you so much for that input. And now please also show your support financially. We need it. KGNU needs it. And frankly,
2: I think our community really needs it to sustain it. I hear from people constantly that i run into that they really love the show so do call in to show that you too love the show and support it five bucks a month is not that much and by contributing that much you could not only show your support but get one of these great books we've got lots of other pledge items as well call 303-449-4885 or donate online at kgnu.org
1: So let's return now to my conversation with science writer Ed Young, who's at the Atlantic Magazine, about his book, I Contain Multitudes. So I was struck in this passage of the book. um, Well, there is this passage in which he says he was disquieted when he first learned how much the gut microbiome influences our brain. I know there's been quite a bit of research about this connection between the gut and the brain. But in this case, I guess it was being struck that we really aren't autonomous. And we think we are mainly focused in the brain at least that's where we think, and that so much more dictates who we are and how we behave. So here's part of that conversation.
0: We like to think of ourselves as the, the masters of our own wills and our own fates. And yet we see that um, microbes can certainly alter the brains and behaviors of animals. Um, that's especially clear with, uh, with mice, um, So when you look at mice that uh, carry or don't carry microbes or those that carry certain species, you see differences in their mood, their susceptibility to anxiety, their personalities, their resilience to stress. And that certainly suggests that microbes in the gut can influence the way individuals think. Whether that applies to humans or not is something that's still being openly investigated, but it seems very plausible that our microbes could also change the way we think and behave.
1: And one of the key uh, illnesses or or syndromes that you point to, and that so many people have now, is some form of so-called IBD, the inflammatory bowel disease. Talk about what's known between that link and how important it is to... Cultivate to maintain microbial health.
0: So, people inflammatory bowel disease um, is pretty self-explanatory. It is is caused, characterized by intense inflammation in the gut, Um, and there are differences between the gut, the microbiomes in the gut of people with and without IBD. So, it looks like it's perhaps some change in the microbiome that is leading to the inflammation, maybe an, an, an imbalance of species, um, those that are more likely to trigger inflammation and then a lack of those that are likely to quench it. Um, and this is an idea called dysbiosis, the idea that um, disease isn't caused just by a single microbe um, like something like tuberculosis or cholera. Mm-hmm. Instead, it is the work of an entire community that has shifted into a negative state that is more likely to harm the host rather than to live in harmony with it.
1: So how to even define and then attack, if that's the right word, or sort of tackle communities when it's not isolating a gene or a cell, or in this case, even one microbe. It seems there's well, so it's very many converging hard. And factors. I think that's the
0: problem with uh, microbiome based medicine that mm. what we're talking about is an act of ecosystem engineering. It is trying to change something that is as complicated as a jungle or a forest or a coral reef. Um, and some attempts at doing that through, by adding beneficial microbes, like via probiotics generally don't work. Probiotics don't seem to do very much good for inflammatory bowel disease um, because the microbes there aren't very good at, sus- at sustaining themselves in the gut and so pass straight through or just disappear. Um, there is a, a better option perhaps. You could give someone an entire community of microbes Uh, by transplanting stool from a healthy donor into a sick person with something like inflammatory bowel disease. This is a procedure called a faecal transplant. While it does a lot of good for treating um, an infection called clostridium difficile, um, it doesn't seem to be as good or certainly less consistent for treating inflammatory bowel disease.
1: That was more for my interview with Ed Young about his book, I Contain Multitudes. There's so much more in the book about what scientists are discovering about various physical and mental illnesses and the roles microbes play, and also about other species and their relationships with microbes. So there's just a few copies left, and if you pledge at least $60 to KGNU, you will get your copy soon, so please call now, 303-449-4885.
2: In fact... A key protagonist in the book, biologist Rob Knight, has been on this show in the past. You can read a lot about him in the book. He's a pioneer in the microbiome field. He was here in Boulder at the University of Colorado until he moved to the University of California of San Diego. He and colleagues started the Gut Microbiome Project, and he now leads the Earth Microbiome Project, a massive effort to catalog the countless microbes of the planet and understand their importance. I also interviewed a postdoc from his group, Jessica Metcalf, who came up with a really clever way to use the microbiome to determine the time of death. So their ecosystem is growing and spreading, and we hope the KGNU ecosystem can grow, too, through this pledge drive. If you pledge this morning, join that ecosystem and donate at least $60 annually. You can get a copy of I Contain Multitudes or the Forensic Plant Science Book. Call now, 303-449-4885 or
4: pledge online at kgnu.org. This is Shelley here, and I am intrigued by how much this book makes me think about the microbial community and the KGNU community and how it makes a difference how you feed something. For instance, for irritable bowel disease, inflammatory bowel disease, there's a possibility that feeding the microbes foods that don't promote the ones that dig into your gut and start to erode it and make it sick means that the ones that are—the healthy ones that help you have vitamins and stuff will grow better— Sugar is one of those things that can make the bad bugs grow if you have too much of it. And I think about a lot of how media today has a lot of sugar in it. You know, there's a lot of sugar in commercial media to get people to listen to Irritainment, where the punchlines and the lines I think about the debates right now happening about the president and how some children have told me that their parents say you need to leave the room right now because this is not appropriate talk what we're hearing right now that we need to elevate conversations we need to take higher ground and that includes in looking at science some of the amazing things happening such as with the microbiome which means that we really are a community through and through
1: And I want to say that your, all of our microbiomes will benefit and do benefit greatly from KGNU, your community-powered radio. So please put your gut and your brain to work and call 303-449-4885. Anything we will so appreciate and a pledge of $60 or more, you
2: get, I contain multitudes. And don't forget that your pocketbook is part of your personal microbiome. Our donations feed the community here at KGNU, keeping all these shows that we have to pay for online. So call 303-449-4885. We have five more more minutes for that pledge grant.
4: 449-4885 or online at KGNU.org. Hey, Susan, I've got another question for you. In this book about I Contain Multitudes, Is it all talk about microbes such as bacteria and archaea, or is there also talk about fungi?
1: It also talks about fungi and sort of what the differences are, how they feed soil, how we could not feed the planet without this relationship between the microbial community and the nodules and the legumes, for instance.
4: Or how they make a difference in us. Anybody ever have a yeast infection? Oh, ouch. <laughs> so um, so it's, it's an intriguing topic because there's so much to it. One of the joys of science is how much it is curiosity. We get to be curious when we're scientists. And here's this book that gives you a chance to answer a lot of questions about what your innards are doing and how we can be good plant farmers of our microbes, or actually not plant farmers. These are, are these animals or are these plants?
1: They are something in between. They are single-cell organisms that can't exist on their
4: own. So they're tweens.
1: (laughs) 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 They're tweens, as far as I understand. (laughs) And I want to note that we will play the interview in full next week on the show. The Ed Yong book, I Contain Multitudes. So he's the staff writer for The Atlantic, lives in London and Washington, D.C. Not bad straddling.
3: And the interview continues our ongoing series of feature interviews called Our Microbes Ourselves. It's a beautiful book too. I'm just looking at it here on the counter and it's. Really colorful cover, and I'm thinking about our colorful crew here at KGNU. We've got lots of personalities, lots of voices that are able to come through in this voice. And you know, for me, it's been such a nurturing community to come in to learn how to do all of this radio stuff. Just being a scientist before, and now I feel comfortable to like share my voice, share my opinion, share you know the knowledge that I'm I'm growing, and I feel supported not only by this community, this in 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 studio community, but also by the, the, the community at large, the Boulder, Denver, the Front Range community. They're showing support that us us people are doing good stuff and that, you know, you, you appreciate the knowledge that we're collecting and that we can have these dialogues and feel free to explore these ideas and explore the different conversations and science that are happening locally and abroad, which I think is really amazing. I really appreciate that.
2: The Forensic Plant Science book by local scientists, Jane Bach and David Norris, is also a gorgeous book. Lots of beautiful pictures of plants, different structures in plants. And then the science of how they use those to understand the basis of how crimes were committed, track them down. There's some really remarkable stories in there. So call and pledge to get your copy of that book. They were generous enough to help me uh, get a copy from their publisher's. And you've got two more minutes for this matching grant, three oh three
4: four four nine four eight eight five. Well the phones are lighting up, folks, and it's fun to see that. It's so wonderful. It's like just like information brings some brightness to your day. When the phones light up it brings brightness to our day, knowing that you are helping this day a non commercial radio station that's accountable to you, our listeners, and not to who sells soda or who sells fast food, or who sells those things that don't really help the microbiome inside of you be as healthy as it possibly could, we get to talk about the science and the things that matter in terms of what makes us work. Well, you make KGNU work. Call us here at 303-449-4885. And thank
1: you all. And I want to say one thing I love so much about this community that we are is is a mix of scientists and posers like me, (laughs) journalists. (laughs) And we've got Beth here, who's a molecular biologist, right? Kendra, electrical engineer, electrical engineer.
4: Shelley and I, more on the journalism side, and you're super seeped in health science. It's so fun, isn't it? I mean, it's fun to listen to how our bodies work. It's so fun to find out what the experts are saying long before it gets to be the news. You get to hear it here on KGNU with some of the forward-thinking science that happens here. There's Joel Parker, who is away on a space mission again. So um, we have such a great crew. There's so many people, Susan, who say to me, You're on the science show. I thought that that was an international show that's done by professional staff and so forth and so on. Isn't it wonderful that all of this science can happen here locally with volunteers because it's just so fun to talk about science. And you make it possible by calling 303-449-4885 and pledging your support because even though we're volunteers, we can't make there be a microphone and we can't make there be radio signals and we can't make there be possible to have a staff that keeps things going while we volunteers come in and add the enrichment of our thoughts and information and what we share. So you're part of that whole community. You can also pledge online at kgnu.org. So lots of possibilities.
1: So that's all for this edition of How on
2: Earth. Our executive producer is Beth Bennett who also produced and engineered the show. Our theme music was written and produced by Josh Cutler and additional contributions from our astrophysicist, Joel Parker. Visit our website at howonearthradio.org
1: to find past episodes, extended interviews, and you can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes
2: and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. In fact, our handle is at HowOnEarth. Questions or comments, call the KGNU comment line at 303-447-9911. For How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show, I'm Beth Bennett. And I'm Kendra Kruger. And I'm Shelley Schlender. And I'm Susan Moran.